Welcome to Family Business Today, where we feature prominent local and national family business owners. We also talk to top family business experts to discuss relevant topics, including communications, business culture, family relationships, succession and estate planning, values, as well as conflict resolution. Brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business, I'm your host, Greg Lewis. Our guest today is Steve Richards, founder and chairman of the board at Richards & Richards Office Records Management in Nashville, Tennessee. Hello, Steve. Uh, Welcome to Family Business Today. We are so glad that you could join us. Flattered. Thank you very much for asking me. Well, great, Steve. Uh, Well, first of all, Steve, tell us a little bit about Richards & Richards Office Records Management. It's an interesting business. I get to store things for other people. You can think of a mini warehouse as a great place to store furniture and things that are not good around the house, that you don't want to keep at the house. I do that for people in the office, except in a different way. We store their records. We store documents. We have done so since 1987. This is our 30th year. We, um, uh, as, as, as we were into record storage, and by the way, you, you know what a banker's box is. And, yes. you know, that's the, the box that's a little bit bigger than a shoebox, has mm-hmm. a shoebox type lid. And we have about a million of those in a building here that's about six acres under roof out here on Elm Hill Pike. Wow. We've, um, we, we had the fortunate, uh, we were fortunate back in the, oh goodness, like in the, uh, late 80s, early 90s, to have uh, uh, the largest bank in the state of Tennessee that was First American at the time. Uh, they called us and asked us to store their records, and then they said, we need to do something with all these documents, and uh, we need to get rid of them. And that's when I realized I'm now in the shredding business. And we started storing, we started shredding the records, and then they said, we, uh, well, now we need a place to store all of our computer backup tape. And we went into the, the the data vault business. So those are the three primary things we do. We also are a, a scanning business. We do an awful lot of scanning. And when, then we host a lot of uh, business that is scanned, a lot of documents that are scanned um, on, on servers. A lot of people want that off-site. And we have a, a very cool room here. It's called a Firelock Data Vault. And we store everything in that room. And then um, we had a logistics situation to come up, and we were in the logistics business. And then we had another thing to come around. We are in the medical waste business. So, you know, we, 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 we jump around from time to time and do other things. We actually went into the litigation support. We have most of the attorneys in Nashville as clients as such, you know, storing documents as we do. And we found that they were looking for a lot of, uh, extra services like making copies of things, like making exhibits. And we went into that business for several years, but we've closed that division down. The only time we've ever done that is close the division down. But uh, like I said, we, we, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a service business. Greg, I grew up in the moving business. I, I'll never forget one of uh, my brother's partners said one day, he said, look, I'm, I'm in the, uh, we're in the moving business, but he said, if, they pay, if they'll pay me enough money, I'll mow their yard. And, and I, I love that concept. I want to help you do your business, but predominantly now we try to stay with what we do that's in our wheelhouse, and that's record storage, shredding, uh, data vault, logistics, medical waste, and scanning. So those are the six things that we've we've jumped into. Okay. Well, thank you, Steve. Well, you know, the uh, average life of uh, 
of a, of a small business is about uh, five years. So 30 years is certainly a, a great uh, a great milestone for you there. What what would you say has been your keys keys to success? Um, key to success. Uh, I am forced to be honest. Now it comes naturally. I mean, uh, you you want to be honest in everything you do, but mm-hmm. you've got to go an extra two or three layers of honest when you're storing confidential information for somebody else. If there was any hesitancy whatsoever, if there was ever any question, you know, you're going to lose business because of that. We've never lost business. But um, it's it's, uh, something where you've got to maintain a level of trust and security with the public. So it keeps you... um, it, it, it's just a, a good con- – and let's take away all the biblical principles and things like that. Just on a business level alone, you have to do things um, completely transparent, completely clear. And I enjoy doing that because there's just no question. You always take the high road or anything you're going to do. You finally get the reputation for that, and then people suggest you to their friends. And then, uh, you know, you, you, you get a lot of new business just from that alone. That applies in any business. Uh, you do the right thing for the customer, and um, you keep on doing it, and you're known for doing it. And as I, I said it before, I'm, I'm a service business. I, I go back to my brother's partner who said, you know, we'll mow your grass. We, we want to help you out. Now, I'm not going to stay in the grass mowing business, but I, you know, if you need it mowed right now, we'll probably find some way to do it. And we've done some dumb things like that to make money before, but, um, but I think that's one of the, the reasons for longevity. I'll tell you, the other one is that uh, we're fresh, fresh eyes looking at our business. Um, I came in first, and then I brought my wife in in about two weeks. My nephew came in at nine months. Um, we have a, a, an extremely, um, I, I don't want to say old, but I've been here all 30 years. We have some, uh, we have several employees that have been with us, uh, 15 to 20 years. Um, we, we've, we have a good, uh, you know, we were listed in the, for the past two years as a top work workplace in Nashville designated by the Tennessean. And you get that way by taking good care of your, of not only your, your, uh, customer but your employee and uh, let me tell you a secret of that greg that this is one thing that uh, i think i'd want to go back and say this to answer uh, a previous question um i read a book oh gosh in 89 or 90 91 something like that it was written um by a guy that owned a travel agency uh i think his name was hal rosenbluth and the name of the book was the customer comes second the whole premise Take really good care of your employee, and good customer service will come as a result of that. We have we do that today. Uh, we're one of the few companies, I would say one of the very few companies, that still pay 100% of hospitalization, of, of prescription drugs, of, of um, uh, eyeglass, dental care. We pay 100% for our employees. Uh, we have a rich benefits program here. I want to take good care of my employee, and and my my ask is, please go out in the marketplace and make sure everybody's going to have a happy experience. Um, and I, I think I think that's another principle right there. We've taken really good care of our employees here. 
Well, I've heard you uh, mention the words honesty, uh, taking care of your employees, um, um, uh, and and I would assume that many of those uh, values came from your uh, from your uh, coming up and with your parents and everything else. What what would you say would be some other values that your parents taught you that you've continued to transfer on uh, to Richards and Richards and your family and your employees over the years? You know. Greg, my parents were um, were working class, um, and they're, they're, they were they were Depression era married. I'm 67. My my parents uh, would both be 100 years old today, or, or a little bit older. Uh, married in 1933, so a lot of the things that uh, were necessity at that time. My my parents um, had had kids in the 30s, 40s, and me in the 50s. So um, I look back and still remember um, you use everything. You uh, you eat everything. <laughs> you, you make sure that uh, what you're going to be doing is just uh, the things. Uh, I, you know, it's really easy for me to say, uh, as a child, I know the first time I was in church, it was two weeks from the day I was born. I was born on May 28th. That was a Sunday. And my mom used to brag. She said he was in church on, on, day, on his day 14. He was, that was the first time I was in church. Well, now that meant Sunday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday, anytime there was the WMU's meeting, anytime uh, any groups meeting, I was in that church. Now, a whole lot of what happens to me comes as a result of a very strong spiritual background that my parents gave to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't give it to me, they forced it. I mean, it was, you will, but it's kind of funny how you're there long enough and all of a sudden you get it. And it lays that foundation for you, that spiritual foundation. And my kids are going to, I ain't to tell you, my kids are going to tell you the same story. Uh, they were in church as much as I was in church, and I used to joke and say, "Hey, I had to do it, so by golly, you're going to do it." Uh, <laughs> talking about being there every time. Well, I don't. Have, I've got school tomorrow. Said, no, you're going to you're going to church tonight. Uh, we always we just did that. We just did that, uh, sure. bringing them up. But sure. That you know, Greg, you know uh, that kind of a thing would uh, that it, it forces you into an area that that just makes you think right and wrong, black and white. There's decisions to be made, and you know what the right decision is. And and I go back to a lot of that comes from my parents. Um, uh, uh, One of my my mom's earliest lessons, I still remember it, was never never try to be anybody but who you are and try to be that perfectly. And it was, I, I was, there were some rich kids, and I was trying to act rich. And my mom really picked up on that quick. And and I remember that lecture, and I remember, and that was early on. Uh, they were able to; these other kids were able to do some things that I had not been able to do, and and I was lying about the fact that I could, and and my mom found out about it, and that was one of those lessons. And of course, my dad was just a, the authoritarian. He was a um, he um, he was a businessman, but he was working class, and and uh, there was just some things you did. I worked mowing grass. My dad made me get a job. Uh, said you're going to go out, and I, I did when I was 12 years old. I had a paper route, and then I started mowing grass. And, and um, I remember I really screwed up collecting money one time. And Dad sat me down and said, "No, wait a minute. You, you, you're going to collect all the money. You're not going to stop by the the candy store or whatever on the way back in. I want to see an accounting of that." And he taught me accountability. And so all those things come about, and you put all those pieces together. And commerce comes easily when you when you've had parents that 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 teach you. Uh, 
teach you things like that at an early age. Wow, that and that's so true. We really we are our uh, uh, parents' children, and then we we carry that on from generation to generation. So, Steve, uh, uh, I know that culture is important uh, uh, to you and to your business. How how has Richards and Richards been able to maintain culture and business uh, for thirty years? That is a uh, that is something that you mark as a goal to have a to have the appropriate culture to have a good culture. When you have that, you you have the ability to uh, to be strengthened in your organization because you have everybody on board. Um, it becomes part of the. Um, just an integral part of the of the operation is having the the right culture, and I, I'll go back to to saying that one of the ways you develop that good culture is that you're very clear uh, in in what the expectation of the uh, employee is. If you tell them what you're expecting of them, and you 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 provide them with the appropriate tool to do that job well. If you train them well, and then you support them well, I think you're going to have a good culture. Um, I, 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 I'll support each one of those by going back and saying that uh, it started again with, the, the, with, the, with that book, that the customer comes second. Um, I, I, I'm going to tell you, we, we benefit very well here. I would imagine that... Um, no, I don't imagine. I know we have a better uh, benefits package than many of the uh, Fortune 500 companies here. We pay for a hundred percent of a lot of things: uh, hospitalization, dental, prescription drugs, long-term care, short-term care. I want my employee to be able to come to work and 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 be healthy, and I think that's that's one less worry our employees have. Um, I, I'll also tell you that that. We have fired customers before that were not good to us. Uh, if they if they um, if they're mean to our people, or, or they they there's they have an expectation level that's beyond what we've told them we're going to perform at. Um, we have fired customers before, and I would continue to do that. Now I say that sends a shockwave through your company when they realize. That I'm going to put money. Uh, I'm, let me back up. I'm going to put my employees ahead of our bringing in some money. I know I'll get another customer. I mean, I don't, I don't want to lose anybody, but I want people that are going to deal with us in a professional and in a um, in a fair way. And we had one one organization one time that, I mean, they were they were not truthful. They'd they'd call us up and say, you know, you were supposed to be here two hours ago, and and we wouldn't even have the order and. And um, that happened a couple of times. That's never happened before. And um, the employee that, that got in trouble because of it came and said, look, I, they did not call me. We did not know about this order. Well, come to find out, we have ways of knowing these things now. When, when calls come in, the call didn't come in. So um, um, we we actually called the, the company, and and they would not support us, and we fired them. We fired them from being their customer, um, and now that that goes that my employee sees that he's he's gonna he's gonna realize we're behind them. The customer comes second, 
if you take care of your employee, customer service is going to follow. I got to I got to tell you another story here too, very quick one. Um, I had a vendor. I had a vendor to show up here. They wanted to do business with me. What what I mean by that? They wanted me to buy some stuff from them. So I said, "Well, come on over and let's talk." So they showed up at my office. Um, I, I was a few minutes late getting down there to him. So I went down there and he said, uh, I, "Show me what you do here." So I took him around the building and we walked for it's about a fifteen twenty minute walk through the building and uh, slow walk. You know, I'd stop and show him things and how we did things and went through the processes and. And we came back and uh, uh, sat down and we talked and, and um, you know, we, we talked about business and that type of thing. One of the final things he said to me when he was walking out, he said, he said Steve, you have, an, you have an amazing culture here. And and I'm kind of looking at him a little inquisitively and he says, everybody from the time I sat in that lobby, your employees walked by me and spoke to me, and I'm not sure that even one passed by me without speaking to me. And that happened when we were on the tour. That's just normal to us. We speak to each other here. But I, I was telling him, I said, I think what you just saw was that our employees know or thought that you were a potential customer. And if you have a choice, they sure would like you to choose us. And uh, they, they were simply acting in a manner to, to try to encourage you to, to choose us, to store your documents or to shred your records. And um, uh, that happens quite often. I, I, am, I am complimented on that continuously, and, and um, I, I'm proud of that. I mean, our, our, our employees want more customers because obviously I can pay them better. I can, I can benefit them sure. better. And I, I think a lot of that goes to culture. But it goes back again expectations and you give them the tools you give them the training and you give them to support all those things i think are, are going to be key components to provide you know to to talk about culture and and uh i, I would even go back and uh, there's something else you asked me about before and that we discussed if they see that i'm an honorable guy and i treat them fairly and they see me treating people in the marketplace fairly uh, i think they they um you have a you develop and build a culture uh, on those things right there. Oh, thanks, thanks for sharing that. So I think what you're you're really saying is is there is a difference between being a leader and being a boss, and that uh, your employees sort of uh, exemplify the uh, actions and attitudes and the way that you do things there. Well, let's change let's change uh, directions just a little bit. So you are a family business. So uh, so tell me tell me about the family members that are currently involved at Richards and Richards. I um, I started the business May 15, 1987. Um, I had a partner at the time, and um, he was late coming in 14 days in a row. And I called my wife on day 14, and I said, you've got to go in and answer the phones. Um, he's, he's just not dependable to come in to work on time. You've got to be there, 8 o'clock. Now, the negative on that was that she was uh, five months pregnant, and we had a, a two-year-old son, Bowman. So she bundles Bowman up, takes him down there, parks the kid in the in the office, and is answering the phone. And, and she's never left. I'll tell you this: she's never left yeah. since day fourteen. Jane has been there. 
um, I told you that I had a partner that we saw difficulty right off the bat. Uh, after uh, nine months, uh, I terminated the partnership. Uh, as I had the majority of the stock, uh, it was my call. And I terminated that partnership with that with that person. And my nephew came in, Jerry Richards, Jr., uh, my brother's son. And uh, I've known Jerry, obviously, since the day he was born. I was there, changed his diaper. There's not many partners that can <laughs> business partners in Nashville. That's you can true. say, I changed his diaper. <laughs> I fed him. I mean, I babysat him. Um, Jerry his, might not like you dad. saying that on the air. <laughs> <laughs> but he knows it's true. I mean, I've to, actually, I've told it before. Uh, and he, he, but no, you're right. He doesn't like it. But that's okay. I'm, I, I don't care. <laughs> it's true. Um, but truthfully, um, um, Jerry was um, Jerry. Uh, I talked to him and I said, "Look, I I need your help." He uh, at the time owned a a local moving company, so he actually had a key component. He had some equipment that we needed, and it became a kind of a good marriage there right off the bat. So Jerry, uh, my nephew Jane, my wife are now there. Um, the, those three, the three of us, have been the only family up until about eight years ago. Now, I've got to tell you that my, I have three kids. Bowman uh, is 32, uh, Elizabeth is 30, and Stephen is 27 and a half, so to speak, um, Stephen Jr. Um, Bowman and Stephen worked for us during summers, and uh, both were responsible, did good jobs for us, but they both told us, there's no way in the world I'm going to ever work in that company, ever. Elizabeth, on the other hand, never worked here, but all the way through high school, um, she knew the company. our company was there. Uh, she enjoyed being a Richards, one of the Richards of Richards and Richards, because we got a big sign downtown. I got a big sign on the interstate, so people knew where we were. Um, but she told me when she entered college, I am going to go into uh, – a, 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 a curriculum that deals with running a small, closely held family business. It was called Enterprise Management. So she was a business major student at UT. Well, she goes in as a freshman. Now, when she's a freshman, Bowman, her older brother, is a junior. And I know th- this is this is kind of a cool story. Um, Elizabeth calls me one night from UT. <clears throat> and she, on a Saturday morning, I remember it very clearly, and she said, Dad, you're going to get a phone call. Now, immediately, my mind thinks, okay, what did we run over? What have we hit? Uh, who's going to sue me this time? And she said, you're going to get a phone call later today. Um, and it, it's um, and she's hesitating to, uh, to put her words together. She said, I think you're really going to like this. She said, last night, Bowman and I met up. Uh, he had a date. I had a date. We were at this place, and um, apparently he didn't like his date, and I didn't like my date. So we were just hanging around and talking, and, and Bowman had an epiphanal moment that week. And he, he, he went up to Elizabeth, and he said, Do you realize that we're here in school to try to learn how to, to run, to, to, to engage in commerce, to run a business and help a company grow when you and I have an asset, a family asset back there in Nashville that we ought to be going back and helping them. What are we doing in school to help another company when we ought to be helping our parents? And Elizabeth said, Bowman, 
I have always thought that. You're the one that said. And he said, yeah, I know, I know. But see, the, the, and what he's remembering, what Bowman's remembering, is that I think we fired Bowman about 16 times in one summer when he was 16. That was the summer that he thought he knew everything about my business. And we put him out on projects, and we'd say, you do one, two, three, four, five. And he'd do five, six, seven, eight, nine. And we'd say, no, we said one, two, three, four, five. And he said, no, six, seven, eight, nine's better. And I'd say, Please understand, I'm the president. I know this. He said, Dad, I know what I'm doing here. And it, got, it, was, it was an arguing match. I won because I had to let him go. And we jokingly said we fired him 16 times when he was 16. There were, there were. I actually had to, Jane came over and called me one day and said, come over and get him and take him home. I don't, I don't want him over here on, on this project. And I did. And I, all the way home, Bowman is saying, I know how to do this better than you and blah, blah, blah. And he really didn't. So that's the kind of attitude. He's always been very confident. Sometimes he's very, been very confident in, in, in his ignorance at that age. You know how 16-year-olds are. Sure. Uh, but he had, he had that moment when he realized that um, we've got something back there in Nashville, and it's a real blessing. Why are we not helping? And that's when Elizabeth said, Bowman, I've always understood that. That's what I'm going to do. Well, he didn't call me the next day, but he did come in that Christmas, and he sat out in my office one day, and, and I, I guess I'd kind of forgotten about it by then, but he, he, he really sat right up in front of me and said, I want your attention. He said, I need your help on this. Um, I, I'm looking at these things I'm going to do, um, the job interviews, and I'm not sure which one I'm going to take, and I want your, I want your ideas on them. And he said, but before we do that, I said, I want to let you know that there's nothing more than I'd like to do to come to work for you and help you grow the value of the family asset. Now, those were the words. And as he said them, I understood he got it. It's a, it's a blessing. It is a family asset. It's something that, that we hold very dear to us, that we're very reverential about. We, we don't mess with the family asset. You protect it. And he got that. I mean, I could see he got it. i also say this. He finished college uh, in May, and he came to work for me. And uh, I really was kind of scared because I was looking for that old Bowman. You remember the six, seven, eight, and nine at, attitude oh, that he had? He, he, he sat with me. And he went everywhere I went for 90 days. We went on sales calls, and we'd get out of the sales call. And I'd say, now, here's what I did, and did, what, what do you think I did wrong? What, what would you do? What would you say better? And let's talk about that. And, by the, I, and I'm not kidding when I say on day 91, he walked in. Uh, I had appointments that day to go out on sales calls. And he said, I want to go, and I don't want you to go. I want to do this. I want to see if I can do this. I think I've got this. And, I mean, he very confidently said, I said, hey, it's yours. Go for it. Well, he walks in, and he's got a signed contract. And uh, he's not looked back. I mean, he uh, – it, it really surprised us. Um, he was out selling, bringing in new business. He was doing these things that um, – that taking processes that – we had done came back in and discussed them with us. He said, "What, what if we did it this way?" And we realized, "Oh my gosh, he's got he's got a better idea there." Um, I'll, I'll tell you another a cute story there too. Um, it's kind of fun when my wife and I are sitting right here, and 
and uh, we'll say, hey, let's go to lunch. And then we can walk down the hall and say, Bowman, you want to go? And he'll say, yeah, because he knows we're going to be paying for lunch. <laughs> That's one reason he goes. But anyway, he went to lunch with us, and he takes a phone call. So we're pulling out of the office here, and he takes a phone call. We're driving to the, the place to eat. And he does that kind of pat your hand down like, y'all be quiet, turn the radio down, which he did. <clears throat> he goes to a sales call. It's a brand-new call, a new customer. Somebody's never done business with us before. He actually um, said things, and, and Jane is like, she taps me on the shoulder and points back at him. She says, that's good. Uh, I mean, and, and we listened to his whole presentation. Where he was like, he really is good at what he's doing. And uh, he, he performed for us. He sold very well. Uh, we figure that, that um, in my industry, nationwide, there's a, there's a certain dollar level that you can tell when somebody's a good salesman. Uh, the first year, he almost met that. The second year, he doubled it. The third year, he tripled it. And he has not looked back. He's, he's that way every year. He's good. Oh, and, and so so what, a, what a cool deal. Now, his younger brother, his younger brother is now in college by this time, fourth or fifth year Bowman's been here, and uh, is, is saying very clearly, well, hey, I'm coming too. But in the meantime, his uh, Elizabeth is now getting ready to graduate. Uh, she's two weeks from graduation. She calls me and she says, uh, Dad, uh, I want to let you know that uh, I, I know you're expecting me to come to work. You, you've, you have um, prepared me. You've had me to meet with all these people in the company about what direction I'm going to go in in the company. But I've just had a job offer from, I'm going to only tell you, a very large record company here in Nashville. I worked there as an intern during the summer. She did. And they offered her a job, and it broke my heart. Uh, I was almost at the point of trying to talk her out of it because I wanted her here so badly. And by the time I got to the end of the conversation with her, I realized that's the right thing. I've got to let her go. It hurt, but I did, and I let her go. She went to work for Capital. Well, she went to work for this group for for five years, and at the end of five years, she called me and said. Uh, it's time. I need to come in there and work now. So she's been here about three years, um, three or four years, I think. Um, now, I told you about Stephen Jr. He was at Ole Miss, and, I mean, the, he finished college on one day, and the next weekend he's he's back in Nashville, and Monday he, he went to work. And um, he worked here for about just about two years. And... Uh, he came in and just said, this, this is not my passion. Bowman has it. Elizabeth has it. I don't. I can't work here anymore. And that was heartbreaking. But uh, Stephen actually went out and started his own business. Um, I, I'm going to give a shameless plug here. He started a clothing business that is uh, that competes with uh, one of the national companies that comes into your office and measures you. I'm not going. I can't mention names there, but um, he he started from ground up and developed his own system, his own network, and he's been doing that for more than a year now. And I, I was, I'm sitting here with Stephen the other day, and um, he's actually buying a retail space for his for this business so he can have a place to park all of his books and everything. And I said, do you, are you 
are you making the money to do this? And he said, well, um, I actually made more money last year than you paid me when I was working with you. And I paid him okay. So, um, and, and by the way, Stephen produced very well for me, too. That really is what hurt me. He was good. I mean, it just came, sales came natural to him. He got it. He followed up. And, um, Stephen just, um, you know, he just clicked. He, but he, he didn't have a passion for what he was doing, and um, he came in and just said, "I've, I've got to do this." So I've, I've had, I've got two of the three working here right now. Elizabeth uh, has do, done selling. She, she has had several things that she's done in here that have mostly been in um, selling and, and mm-hmm. through an administrative way. So that's been her thing. So I've got uh, six of us that are here. Six Richards have been in the company. Only five of us right. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, thanks for sharing that. And also, uh, it's a very positive story is, is that when uh, one of your children is in the business that uh, that they transition out to go do what they love doing, that uh, you can still uh, love them as a, a father and be supportive of their efforts, whether uh, they're in the business or not. So that's great. Well, uh, we're sort of winding down here towards the end here, but I wanted to ask you, so... Uh, based on all your experiences, Steve, what advice would you offer to a father or a mother who is considering inviting their son or daughter to join in the family business? Greg, it's a, uh, I've been asked this question a lot. Why is it we're making it and a lot of family businesses kind of struggle right. that way? Right. Uh, I'll tell you that Jane, uh, my wife, has been 100% supportive. Um, uh, I, I, I'm going to cut to the chase. Mm-hmm. If you've got five family, if you've got six family members here, and um, you've got six opinions, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, there can only, there can only be one. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sometimes, it has been a few times, very few, when I've been on one position and five of them have been against me mm-hmm. uh, on, a, on a decision some other way. You've got to do what you think's right. If you're the president, there can only be one president. Mm-hmm. And it has to be clear that there is a president, and you might have the same last name as they have, but at the end of the day, it's a business, and every decision has to be based upon what you think is going to to increase the value of the family asset and move it in the right direction. And uh, if, if... if, the, if it's not that you've got to convince the president, it's got to be one person's opinion. Uh, it's very rare that, that I would go against, but uh, it has been the case where I have. And um, I'll just tell you that, that, that I think that's what makes it work. Uh, Greg, I've never worked in anything but a family business. I was in a family moving company. There sure. were actually four families, four families that owned that. And that, that, I know there were some family members that were not producers. Uh, and now let, me, let, me, let me tell you, the hardest position to be in, a, in any family business is the child of the owner. Because you're going to walk in the door, and everybody thinks, oh, great. They're only getting the job because their last name is X. So my requirement was that each one of my kids sell. Because when they walk in the door bringing in business, every employee says, hey, that's great stuff. They're bringing in business. If you make them the the vice president of customer happiness or the vice president of safety, put them in a job where people that are all the people in the company can't see that they're actually adding value to the business, you've got a problem. 
So I, I, I thought it was the easiest way was to put them in a revenue-producing position. Bowman, Elizabeth, and Stephen generated revenue. They'd, and we, we'd celebrate that. They'd, on a Friday morning, we have a company meeting every Friday morning in our, in our business. We begin with a prayer, and we discuss what's happened good last week, what happened bad. What are the new, what are the new companies that came in with us? And salesmen get up and say, okay, I brought an XYZ. Well, everybody in the company sees that. So they never will be able to challenge that I made a bad decision bringing a family member in. And I, it's, it's something you can see and it's measurable that all of your employees will, will appreciate the fact that you've got that other family member that's bringing in a business to the company. That's a, that is a very strong suggestion. Well, thank you, Steve. I appreciate that. Well, one last question here. Um, so um, I know uh, a tradition at our house, um, uh, I worked with my father for 17 years, uh, but gathering around the dinner table is really a family tradition in our house, and I'm sure it is in y'all's. So, so um, when the Richards family gets together, what does your family talk about uh, during Sunday dinner? <laughs> Oh, I hate to tell you, we do talk business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we do. Now, you know, I look at the smirks on the in-laws. I mean, my daughter-in-law, my son-in-law, and I like the, the eye rolls. They go up, and uh, it, it's kind of funny. Yes, we do a lot, but we we try to get away from it. Yeah, we 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 we've got grandkids now, so that's going to be the object. But yes, it will dive into some business, and people will talk about their opinions, and and uh, that's okay. Hey, I mean, I, I love hearing about Stephen's new business. Um, I, I love hearing what my, my son-in-law does. He actually is a, uh, he's a corporate pharmacist. Uh, he doesn't work in a retail, but corporate pharmacy. And um, I, my, my daughter-in-law, I mean, they're talking about what the kids are doing. So, yes, we do things, but uh, it's, uh, Jane and I are sitting in Puerto Rico, San Juan, Puerto Rico, 30, about 30 years, 25 years ago. Beautiful location, and, and it's just she and I, and we're sitting there. Uh, we're actually at a meeting, but we're having dinner alone that night. We're sitting out there in a beautiful sun, sunny area and eating, and we're talking business, 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 business. And Jane says, Steve, d- does it bother you that we're sitting here on a beautiful romantic place and we're talking business? I said, but you know, I love it. And she said, I do too. So it's okay. As long as what you're doing, you're loving it, it's okay to be talking that business. But, yeah, we could have talked other things, but I, 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 that, that was one of those moments when we we, we didn't realize we do it all the time. I mean, driving into work this morning, my wife's sitting here talking to me about uh, probably half the time we were driving, we were talking about business. So it's just what we do. And, and uh, if you all love it and you all understand that at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is increase the value of the family asset, I think what a great thing to come around. What a, what a great um, uh, thing to, to be able to talk about. So that's what we talk about. All right. Well, thanks for your honesty. Well, Steve, thank you for being our guest on Family Business Today. Uh, To learn more about Richards and Richards Office Records Management, visit their website at www.richardsandrichards.com. To our listeners, thank you for joining us for the Family Business Today podcast, brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business, located in Nashville, Tennessee. We are an association of family businesses who work together to grow our businesses through relationships, education, and successful generational transition. If you have a specific topic that you would be interested in us having a program on, send us an email to info at tncfb.com. To learn more about the Tennessee Center for Family Business, visit our website at www.tncfb.com. Until next time... 
Thanks for joining us. 